you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do. And the woman's just walking closer and she's kind of smiling a little bit. And then she just goes, your legs look really good in this pants. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to episode 150. Oh my God. <laughs> of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm drinking Bengal Spice Tea. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is... May. Yep. With you so far? Uh-huh. 14. Uh-huh. You with me so far still? Yep. Uh, and also it's 2018. Cool. But before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There's going to be profanity. So if you're a child, uh, exit. Just exit the room, the building, whatever receptacle you're in. Mm-hmm. Closest receptacle, exit? Right? Even if it's a fire exit, just blow right just through there. Mm-hmm. All right. So first order of news for this week. This is episode 150, to which... What does that even I mean? I think what we all... How we all feel right now is, woo. I feel exultant. Just... Just... Just mm-hmm. exuberant. Yep. Just feeling it. Yeah, I've, I've never felt more elated, I don't think. Wow. Well, let's talk about what this just means. Wow, we've, that means we've, <laughs> we've sat in a room... For 150 even hours. laid in bed together. That's it was true. something we used to have to do before we had a room that we could do this we shared <laughs> We shared earbuds... Mm-hmm. In bed. With a mic in between us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, in bed, specifically for the acoustics. Yes, for yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not go, for any other weird reason. Because I was recording in Dallas at the time, mm-hmm. remotely, and I would, and I lived underneath an airport, not under the airport, <laughs> under under it? where the airplanes <laughs> well, went. Yeah, that part, right? Uh, <laughs> that was in the hangar bay. So, and so it got real fucking loud. I yeah, every twenty minutes, it was just so all of a sudden Adam right? would get quiet because he would hold his mute button down while airplanes mm-hmm. passed yep. overhead. And so then I would go into my bedroom and I would sort of put pillows up on all sides of me and have my you know microphone sitting in front, mm-hmm. trying to just muffle as many noises as I could. And it gets real hot. Yeah. And you know, hot. we've come a long way. Now we're in a just a dank-ass storage room <laughs> in a basement. It's particularly dank today because of some strange some kind smelling- of a comforter washing mishap. Yeah. It's so no it's, good. <laughs> it's, just, it's just wafting in here. PSA, from- folks, when you wash your comforters, just get them dried out real mm-hmm. fast. <laughs> I think it was around episode like 70 or so that we, we nailed a bunch of blankets to the ceiling, mm-hmm. which was, it, it's actually an upgrade. I know. That know, doesn't sound it like doesn't it sound from like the outside. It. But it is. Uh, but yeah, moving blankets, and they smelled terrible. Mm-hmm. We've been just sort of in, in, in a cocoon of aromas. <laughs> no, they have <laughs> since sort of just kind of become a neutral entity mm-hmm. in terms of smell. You know, I think it is, a, yeah. it is a miracle that any podcast gets made, which, you know, given... How smelly and or uncomfortable it must be mm-hmm. while you're recording. We have been talking about how much we're looking forward to having an office someday when we can afford one. And one of the key reasons is so that we can just design a podcasting space that's just pleasant mm-hmm. and amazing. Who knows? Yes. Who knows what the quality is? I don't know what that will be like. Well, I think one of the first things we can aim for is that it just doesn't smell yeah, like a be butt. Pretty good. <laughs> Like yeah, we have, underground butt. I do want to say a big a big thanks to all of our listeners because, of course, you no know, one cares if you're just in a room that smells bad talking about your life. And uh, sometimes you talk about it enough that people maybe pick people up. People start to listen. Pick up a whiff of the good that you're, <laughs> that you're, you're spelling out there yeah. in the world. Um, and we've actually gotten, uh, and I don't know what it was, but there was a period of time like the last couple of weeks where we got a few notes from people either handwritten or uh, letters in the mail, that sort of thing, talking about the podcast specifically or just emails, whatever else, um, and about how it's been it's been strangely good for them. And yeah. this is always one of those befuddling things because we spend most of our time making the games and we come in here and sort of goof off and talk about stuff for an hour every week. And, you know, we get some we get notes about the games, but usually only around launch. Like we haven't, I haven't gotten a note about Crashlands being like a transformative thing for a person for probably a good six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. But then... And then we're working on level head and sort of slaving away at this thing. And then every so often someone's just like, hey, you know that thing you just kind of mess around doing? That's my favorite that part. It matters a lot. And yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's great. Yeah. It's, it's nice to it's nice to hear those. It it makes it so that we understand what this thing is for. Yeah. You know. Which at the beginning we were like, why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially yeah, before the crash ends launch when we had um you know, we we were barely eking out a, a hundred listens per episode. It was usually about fifty, mm-hmm. uh, thirty to fifty. Yep. And then on a real good week, if we did something real fancy in the news or something, we might spike up to like eighty or hundred. Um, and our at the time, we were just like, we just need the 
content. Like we need to have these episodes. But we don't know why yet. So that, because <laughs> nobody cares about your first episode. That's right. Right? Like we, we needed to hit the point where we had enough stuff that once we did something people cared about and were willing to listen to us, then they could go back and listen mm-hmm. to Although, sort of, They listened to the journey of getting there. We have seen many other podcasts whose first episode was featured on the front pages of all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Actually, inexplicably. That's because they're part of these podcasting networks and stuff. I've seen podcasts get featured. I use a a, a pocket 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 cast or something. Mm -hmm. And they will sometimes feature podcasts on the front page that haven't even released an episode yet. You can can download sort of like the trailer episode that just talks about what it's going to be. So maybe we, since we didn't do that, maybe we didn't do a trailer. Maybe so it we're- turns out that yeah, <laughs> when you launch your podcast, this is when we learn much later, you have like, I think it's eight weeks, eight to 12 weeks or something where uh, I think Apple in particular will consider featuring you based on your performance in that chunk of time. We didn't know this was happening. So by the time we found out that this was a thing, we, we were had like episode, 100 like, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we we're like, oh, we should really tell someone about this. We should this. get this thing featured. And then they're like, that. there's no mechanism in place for us to even do this for Which you. Which is- because they do the same thing with games, right? Yeah, it's it's all about it's all about it's all about the, about launch. the moment it is launched. It doesn't mm-hmm. actually matter. They if, want new stuff. Yeah, which is just because things are new if nobody knows. But about it's them. weird for a podcast because you do it all the time. Like there's a new episode coming out all yeah. the time. It's not like you you launch it on the first week and it's like whatever it was then. That's just all that you get. Yeah. Also, your first episode is always the worst one. It is, you know, ours your audio. Was. Ours definitely was, yeah, because mm-hmm. your audio. I feel like we shit. nailed that rule real, real good. Yes, but yeah, so we, I just want to say thanks to everybody for you know listening and hanging out for the last 150 eps. Here's to 150, more. 150 more, and then maybe a three or four more after that. God, it's gonna be like, <laughs> it's like three more years. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! I think since it's 52 weeks in a year, we're still six episodes out from the three the three year. Th- episode Whew. although we didn't miss some we weeks. missed we missed some in there but we'll just pretend like that didn't happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also fair. in the news Crashlands comb over patch is out mm-hmm. was, go get it we intended to have it out on thursday but guess what it's out now <laughs> <laughs> so no one's quite sure what happened all we know is it's out that's now. what did happen yeah. mm-hmm. um, we have a whole bunch of new stuff uh we got we'll have patch notes up on the website so you can kind of see all the stuff in there, but there's mm-hmm. tons of new weapons. We have a new combat thing called combos where you can use your gadgets and devices that you build to trigger weird new effects, depending on what is happening in combat. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hardcore mode where you can, you have permadeath. So you only, you know, you only die once. Yodo, I believe is the term. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, and you can also do all the different difficulty levels on that where there's a whole new sort of like, stat tracking mechanism on there. So we have a hardcore board so you can sort of like store your best scores and stuff. Um, tons and tons of stuff. All the patch notes will be there on the website at bscotch.net. So, you know, check it out. keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, a while, was it last week we talked about the principles or was it like a year ago? We have talked about it. We talked about it originally five episodes, six, a hundred episodes ago. Decades. It was long, right. long ago. And then we brought it back up a few times. Right. So now we're going to bring it up so let's talk and about talk about it this time. So this happened at GDC. We we went to visit Blizzard, mm-hmm. the Blizzard <laughs> headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have a big ass orc statue in the middle of their campus that has a the, the principles of the company emblazoned around the orcs. Well, I guess the orc is riding a wolf. So it's around mm-hmm. the wolf's feet, mm-hmm. not the orc's mm-hmm. feet. You know. And they're not, emblazoned, they're not emblazoned with fire, though they ought to be. They're yeah. emblazoned in bronze. Yeah. Uh, and so, bronzed. Mm-hmm. So they said, you know, these are just sort of the cornerstones of how we do things at our company. And we wanted to, you know, we wanted to enshrine them around the they feet were more of, of a bronze They were wolf. more of tangent stones because they were on the edges of a circle. They were tangential to the to the circle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the metaphor sort of means to like how that relates yeah, to an orc. But I'm just saying they're not cornerstones is all I'm saying. Tangent they were, they were tangent stones. So they're saying this orc is sort of the fundamental piece right. of the studio. And these are all tangents. These are all sort of all, these are all tangents. We don't really need so these. So we, we came away from that. We were like, we need our own tangent stones. Yeah. Because, yes. you know, there's this Avengers movie coming up soon and there's infinity, infinity stones, stones in there. And, you know, there's keystones, there's cornerstones. People just fucking love stones. They just stones love Stones are just real heavy and solid. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and no matter where they are, they seem important. Yep. So, so. we're like, we gotta get us <laughs> at least 
the same number of tangent stones as Blizzard has. Yeah. Which was like six, I think. So we just fucking doubled it. We just doubled it. Like 12, I think. So we have twice as many stones as Blizzard mm-hmm. does, which I think <laughs> means that that we just now, we get to have them. I think, I think stones, that's is, stones is also a slang term for courage, isn't it? Like, you don't got the stones. I think it's a slang term for balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I like that you thought it just meant courage, you know, is, courage. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. All right, let's you talk. Know, let's let's talk about day. these stones. <laughs> gonna, this conversation's got a whole new meaning. Upset. It did. Certainly. All right, so so we've been talking about these principles uh, and sort of us trying to sort of figure out, like, okay, what now that we've been making games for half a decade, what do we actually sort of stand for? How do we operate? How do we do things? Well, going back to one of those earlier ideas of, you know, you just got to get in there. Sometimes you don't know why you're in there. Why are we in here? Until later. So yep. we realized we didn't quite know why we were Sometimes you wake here. up and you're already in there. Mm-hmm. Or how we were in here. How we were being in here every day. So we wanted to kind of, I don't know, get him out. So I think yeah. Seth started and he just went on the whiteboard and just wrote some down. Yes. And then, and then we, we started iterating. We tweaked we them. And added more and then had, I think, three very large discussions about it post-GDC when everyone was kind of dead anyways. Um, and we ended with with these. Yes. Seth, if you wanna so these can be found at bit.ly slash BS underscore principles. Mm-hmm. All and lowercase. That is all lowercase. Mm-hmm. And this is it's because these are the principles that underscore the stones of the company. Mm-hmm. Right. These are our tangent stones. All right. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about these and what they mean. Here we go. Number one, mm-hmm. love the work. What what does that mean? It means it means whatever it is that you're doing, you should be happy about it, basically. Pumped about it. You should be pumped about it. And if you find, and and more importantly, you should think about what this means in the inverse, which is if you find that you are regularly dreading doing the thing that you do on a day-to-day basis, then it's time to take a step back and really reevaluate what the the fuck is happening and why. Either yourself or what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes you've got a bad frame. Sometimes you've got a bad process or sometimes you're just doing the wrong Mm-hmm. Just no yeah. good. Um, but whatever it is, the most important thing is that you love what you do. So and that doesn't mean you love every moment of it. Sometimes you got to go through some slogs. Yeah, well, you know, it's, that's it's, fine. it's the global. It's the global effect. for the work. Right? It's like Michael Phelps talking about how he doesn't like staring at a black line on the bottom of a swimming pool for six hours a day, but he does love swimming. Mm-hmm. But those are both, you know, they're sort of the same thing. But you, <laughs> right. it's all about your framing, right? All right, number two, be humble. What does that mean? Because we talk all the time. Yeah. You got to recognize you don't know shit. (laughs) We don't know shit. Nobody knows shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, All we have is our own experiences, our own ideas of of what we believe to be true, but we're wrong about everything. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's assume that you're wrong, assume (laughs) that you know nothing. Yeah. Uh, And so a big, you know, a big part of why we do the podcast is it's also an interesting sort of documentation of all the different ways we've been wrong over the years. Yep. Right? And, we and can the look- very few times we've been at least right enough is sort of the way I think about As far it. as we know so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the ways we haven't been wrong yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you'll, you'll find that as soon as somebody drops that, that humility and thinks like, I'm perfect. I'm fucking amazing. No, nothing, nothing, I, yeah, nothing. I've got nothing left to learn. Nothing I do is has ever any flaws in it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's when everything just goes to shit. Yeah. Right? Well, I think it's also so. about, it's also about listening to people and then uh, finding those places where you might just not basically being open to, to the fact that you might be doing something completely wrong, even if it's kind of working right now. So a uh, good example. So I've been, uh, been sketching, right. Been doing my art practice stuff. And I was thinking about it yesterday because I was, I was like, I still don't like sketching in, in Inkscape. I don't just hop in there to try to like do some sort of creative expression. It's not a thing. And I realized that part of it, I think, is actually because I got my hotkeys wrong with regard to which ones control making squares and which ones control making circles. They're kind of hard to hit. Classic. And I think this has ended up making it just, just hard enough for me to do sketch work in there or annoying enough that I just don't do it. And so it's one of those things where it's like, you got to be open to the fact that you might <laughs> you might be wrong or fucking yourself over in yep. a whole variety of contexts and then be able to just listen to people uh, and be interested in people in their approach and whatever else they've been doing. Because there's hints, there's hints of truth just, just all over the place. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has a completely incomplete picture of what is true, what's real, what's right. You know, mm-hmm. you got to recognize you're probably wrong. Next one, be considerate. No. Yes. Okay. You must. <laughs> 
so this is just, you know, always think about the other people involved in whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so whether that's, you know, if you're at work and how sort of how, how your role there fits in with what everybody else needs from you and trying to make sure that you understand those needs and can deliver so that other people's lives are easier. Because, mm-hmm. of course, if everybody does this, then everybody's in a better spot, right? Um, and that, that, of course, applies to your life or relationships, whatever it is. Just be thinking about how what you do affects other people. Mm-hmm. That's it. Maximize independence. This yeah. one is an interesting one. It's a tricky one. It's very tricky. Because nobody is truly independent. No. Independent. No. And you, actually, you, you don't want to be truly independent. I no. mean, you're, that means you're too much alone work. and sad. Yeah. In and a, it's about in creating the, the right kinds of dependencies. So, so for us, we always talk about it because we don't want to have a publisher but we do need stores to sell our games mm-hmm. because we don't have enough, you know, traction and fan base and so on to just to sell games directly to people. So we have to make that decision. Well, if we, if we sell through a store, that's us giving up some independence. But on the other hand, that increases our independence because now we can make some money and then mm-hmm. use that to do things that are, make us more independent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not a, it's not a very, it's not a cut and dried thing. It's just the general concept of wherever possible, hold on to your independence or only give it up in ways that actually in some other dimension or in the longer term um, actually do create more independence. Mm -hmm. There's been instances where we've signed contracts in the past where you didn't think we could ask for stuff because we're like, we're, we're a little potato. We're just a little wee potato. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any power here. So we would just sort of be like, okay, I guess this is just sign away ownership of something. And every time it's happened categorically it's, it's been bad in some way for us, whether it was sort of extra work or the deal just didn't pan out in the way that sort of would have actually been beneficial to us in the, in the maximal sense. And so uh, we've gotten a little bit more, I think, intelligent, I think, in the last couple of years about when we get a contract from someone or we're working on a deal or something like that, just asserting what it is that we actually need for this to be a really good idea for us instead of being like, well, it's kind of a good idea, you know, and mm-hmm. we'll just take it as it is. Well, yeah, and it's also recognizing that every new thing you do comes with some burden on your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, every many of them are permanent or at least long term. Many, yeah, many of them you simply cannot escape. Uh, so whether that's you know getting a house or mm-hmm. entering into a new business deal or whatever it is, uh, and it, that's not to say that it's bad. You just have to understand what the demands on you will be and make sure that that's something you actually want sort of up mm-hmm. front, and that it's something that's going to be good for you actually, well, especially because they build up. So every time you take some opportunity, it also creates costs. And if you if all you're doing is looking at the opportunity side of things, just taking everything you can find, you know, putting your game on every platform you can imagine uh, without realizing that most of them won't make any money but still require your time, mm-hmm. uh, then you can run into some real trouble. Yep. That's true. So that's maximize independence. Let's do, let's do one more, and then we'll hit the other half of the other. Whenever we remember mm-hmm. the next time. All right, next one is... Highest leverage first. Yeah, I think this is a, clear, a critical one. Yeah. We should talk about the Crashlands problem. So when we when we launched Crashlands, we were like, this is good enough. But if you looked at our list of stuff to do, we had well over 200 things that were still in the list of undone, probably important things to do. So the question is why? Why were those not done when we launched? Uh, and why were we okay with them not even being in there? And some of, some of them to this day are still on the list. It's been two years, right? Yeah. So what, what does that mean in, in the scope of making a game or in the scope of production? Um, and I think for us, what it's sort of meant is that you oftentimes find like you might set up and make a to-do list and you put a bunch of stuff in there, but then maybe something happens during the day that sort of upsets the balance of what your plan was. And those, uh, those items on the to-do list kind of get pushed down a little bit. And what you'll see is that over time, oftentimes there are just a, there's a category of things that would be kind of nice to have, but none of them are high leverage enough to actually make it to the top of the list. And those items at the bottom, they just, uh, they just stay at the bottom. They do. There's always something better to be doing with your mm-hmm. time than the bottom half of your to-do list, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> yep. And so, and depending on, on who you are and your skills that you bring to the table, different things have different leverage for you as a person or you as a studio. And so uh, for us, a lot of this learning has been around finding ways to offload the things that we do still think are important. Like all those things we wanted to get in, but we didn't have the capacity to do so. And so recently it's been about finding places where we can offload those onto other people so that they still get done, but not by us, which is sort of a new thing. Yeah, yes. we always did not do them. And I think a lot of people uh, will balance things by doing just whatever is like easiest first or doing 
or even doing the largest thing first to try to get it out of the way. Um, but the idea of leverage is not, it's not just about difficulty. It's also about how much time is going to go into it. It's actually most about how much time is going to go well, into it's it. Well, it's about benefit over cost. Exactly. So cost is time. Look at both. So just because something would be, would only take you 20 minutes doesn't mean it's a good use of your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just because something is an enormous thing that has to be done doesn't mean that you should put it off and do other things first. Right. I mean, it, I could just right now just just leave this podcast room and just go make a stack of blueberry pancakes for the next 20 minutes, which would probably be a fucking awesome use of my time, actually, now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So never mind. That's a terrible so example. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the point is that there's, there's that old adage about the difference between being busy and being productive, right? Or being productive and being efficient. So you can be extremely efficient and just be doing the wrong thing. I like the, the phrase, don't mistake activity for progress. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just because you're doing stuff doesn't mean you're doing the right stuff. And because most creative endeavors can never be completed, then you have to be able to just stop at some point. And yeah. the only way you can do that is by only doing the highest leverage things all the time. Because mm-hmm. at some point, you only have low leverage things left. Yep. And that's when you stop. Now, in Crashlands, when we launched, we had over 300 things on our to-do list. Of, oh. Yeah, of things that needed to go into the game. Mm-hmm. Quote, needed, mm-hmm. right? Um but at a certain point, every single one of them, like they were all those sort of things on the bottom of the to-do list that if we did them, it would be nice, but also pretty dang expensive for a questionable benefit, mm-hmm. right? So at a certain point, we look at the game, we're like, we got like a thousand things in this game. It's uh, fine. It's probably fine. It's probably good <laughs> enough. We bug tested it. You know, mm-hmm. we beta tested it. Uh, it's ready to go. So we'll just get it out there and who cares? Well, it's also, I mean, we've had the question before, but how do you know when a project's done? And it's probably when the things on your list all feel like low leverage things. When you can't, yeah, when you're or <laughs> you when you left important to do. Yeah, or when you just don't have any option left because you have to launch because you're out of money or because you're on a deadline or whatever. Which is also part of that. Yep. For crash but lines. because you have only done the highest leverage things the whole time, then you have done the best you could have possibly done in terms of making that product uh, and getting it out when it had to be out. That's right. So yeah, this is the first couple. Those are the first, well, those are the first X. I don't count them, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Next time, we'll come back and, and reveal the next Y principles, mm-hmm. possibly the next Z after that. We don't know. But yeah, those can be found over at bit.ly slash BS underscore principles. Sam, mm. I want to hear about flowers. Okay. I don't know so, what this means. So uh, this happened this past weekend on Saturday I was in Crystal Bridges, the art museum area. Sure, in we all Bentonville, know. Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah, okay. we all know about Crystal Bridges yep. Art Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas. So all those words, very familiar. <laughs> my wife and I went down there. It's this ridiculously gorgeous uh, art museum they built just out in the woods in Arkansas. And it's incredible. But the little town we're in is called Bentonville. And there's this restaurant we went and ate at. And as we exited the restaurant, uh, there was a ramp that you could take down as opposed to the stairs. For some reason, I was like, I'm just going to go walk down this ramp. So walk down this ramp. Diane and I are chatting, and then we get to a point where uh, the sidewalk is sort of right next to the ramp at this point, and I could essentially swing through the rail of the ramp in order to get onto the sidewalk, right? And you know, okay. sometimes in life, you're just feeling a little exuberant, mm-hmm. and you're just like, I'm going to flip. I'm going to so, flip and juke up this flip thing. And just do the thing. So Diane and I are chatting, and I look at her, I'm like, I'm going to swing through this handrail. And she's like, she's like, all right, do it. So I swing through it and I'm feeling awesome. Okay. So I come out the other side, no broken bones, nothing. Just per- there. Perfect outcome. Feeling very, so like <laughs> so the exuberance is built more mm-hmm. even at this point. Oh no. But now Diana's on the other side of this rail, right? And I, in my mind, thought she was just going to swoop in behind me, you know, it's like a, like a Batman Robinson sort of right. duo situation. Instead, she actually starts taking, just walking the rest of the ramp. So down. now you're just standing there. So now I'm standing there, but I'm looking the other direction. Okay. And in this other direction is this flower bush. And again, feeling very exuberant. And I just walk over to it like very intensely. And then I do like a squat. And then I just like shove my arms out to sort of frame it. And then I whip my head, look back. And, and Dinah's not there. But yeah, some, some other woman. <laughs> some other woman is there. And we just lock eyes. <laughs> just for a very long moment. And she's just walking toward me like a normal fucking person would. Right. And uh, <laughs> did you... What did you, what, well, what so happened? I, well, my arms were locked, you know, because I was very emphatically pointing at these flowers. and As uh, if to say, look at these fucking yes, flowers. they were amazing. <laughs> so I'm just standing there to whip my head back, make eye contact, and there's just this moment. Uh, and then um, Diana is just 
so she had just turned the corner from the ramp, so she saw all this happen. <laughs> so she's just she's just dying of laughter behind the situation. I'm feeling betrayed at this point. And then uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do, and the woman's just walking closer, and she's kind of smiling a little bit. And then she just goes, your legs look really good in this pants. Because <laughs> you're like squatting down. I was like, and I was like, thanks. Thanks. And then I just sort of trotted back to Diana. And she, I was like, you let me to die. <laughs> you're supposed to be my Honestly, Robin. Though, if she had been there, it wouldn't have changed anything. That's true. <laughs> you would have just turned back and now Diana and this woman would have been there being like, I don't know. I don't know what. I think you... I think you just made your bed uh, and you just had to lie in it. You know, sometimes you just got to be exuberant. You know, you're just feeling it. You got a good point at stuff really hard. But, then, but then the world has to remind you. There's nothing to be exuberant about. <laughs> the world has to remind you, fuck you. <laughs> it would have been awesome if that if that woman saw you, you locked eyes, and then she just goes, yes. And then she just started like <laughs> dancing. And yeah, it wasn't like, that powerful. <laughs> someday. Someday I'll be able to transfer If she would have said that flower bush is awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, that's my story. We've good. all been there. <laughs> <laughs> I did this yeah, in our old apartment that we, uh, when we first moved to St. Louis, we had to take our laundry to the, the next building over down to their basement. And so, but it was uh, all of the units opened to the outdoors. And so there was kind of an outdoor stairwell mm. area. So I had to go outside, down some stairs, over across the parking lot, and then down some other stairs into sort of like an outdoor subterranean alcove thing with railing around it. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I put the laundry in there and I came back out and I was like, I'm just gonna, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take the stairs. I'm just going to leap up and catch the railing and just Ooh. hoist, hoist myself <laughs> up and over. So I did that. And then the same thing when I emerged, there was somebody just standing there in the parking lot <laughs> looking at me and I was like, just wave, you know, hello. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Bye, you know. It's so weird though, because as a kid, if you're exuberant, people are like, "Yeah, kids, whatever." But as an adult, if you're exuberant, people are like, "Get back in line, get- <laughs> go, 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 make some money." What mm-hmm. the fuck are you doing? Look at flowers, <laughs> flexing up a railing. Get out of here. Although you hey, just, climbing things is fucking awesome. It is. You should have just yelled parkour. Parkour. And they well, like, oh, he's one of those parkour fellows. Yep. I think this also happens every so often. Um, either when we leave the office or just kind of walking around. I think you guys do this too, where you just sprint. Yeah, like, sometimes you got to sprint. Sometimes you'll just sprint between two locations or leap over something. Um, I sometimes do that at the grocery store. I'll park far away and yep. then I run in, but then I just grab a cart and walk casually. Yeah, people see me and they're just like, what is it? Because you're hurry. Just going. And then you, you just, just really needed to get that car. It would be nice <laughs> if there was more diversity in how people just moved around in the world. It know? is. People <laughs> are just fucking, they're just ambling. But think about how interesting, interesting it is. Sprinting, uh-huh. dancing through places. It would be spectacular. Yeah. Kids, are, they skip. Kids yeah. skip around. Mm-hmm. They do cartwheels and shit. When you be, become an adult, you're walking. That's it. How long has it been since you guys skipped? Oh, I probably skipped in. 20, I'm gonna, 30 I'm gonna, years. I'm gonna go I kind of feel like I have recently for some reason. I'm do it but I don't. I can't now think I of to. it's hard. It if if you've done it in a long time, yeah, it took it, me a second to do it. You you, you forget how the legs do, it's like and then it just hurts because yeah, I still old. have that like traumatic memory of gym class because I couldn't learn to skip. I just like it wasn't working for me. <laughs> and Mrs. Phelps, our gym teacher, who's mm-hmm. kind of mean, she made she she, it out everybody was in a line, and then she held my hand. And then made me skip in front of everybody, <laughs> but I couldn't. That's probably I not the skipping. best way to address that sort of personal failing. I hate it. <laughs> but I'm gonna go skip in a parking lot today, and I'm not gonna give a shit because I'm an adult and I'll do what I want. <laughs> you just skip over to some flowers and just do the same. <laughs> but you should look when, at these. Yeah. And then just make eye contact. Go, look at these. If you turn up, there's somebody there. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> Exuberant. See what, what happens. He, what is he on? You got to do this My experiment. Life. You got to do this just everywhere mm. until until you catch a good response. Yeah, mm. it's, it's, it will happen. This is just like those scenes where you'll see people be outdoors at a festival or mm, something. Like the one guy dancing. There's there'll be, there'll be one person dancing, just super exuberant, mm-hmm. not giving a fuck. You know, probably not even to the beat of the music at all, and they'll just be going, and everybody will be around them, just like what? Look at that weirdo. Look at that weirdo. And then pretty soon. One person joins in, and then within seconds, it's a crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta, yeah. you just gotta get in there. <laughs> you just gotta get in there. I, yeah. All right. 
Well, this this reminds me as well. Mm. So I was listening to Freakonomics Radio this weekend. They were talking about uh, about big myths in psychology, and they were specifically talking about the bystander apathy concept. And they were like, bystand the, the concept of bystander apathy is like when something bad happens and there's a group of people and people just don't help. Mm-hmm. Like the more of them there are, the less likely there is that the problem will get resolved. And so, uh, but really it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with being a bystander, just has to do with people reading social cues and like as to what is an acceptable behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they did an experiment, which is this smoke experiment where they would take a student, put them in a room and have them take a math test. And then they would start pouring smoke in through the vents. And, uh, if it was just one student by themselves, they would see the smoke and they'd be like, oh, fuck the building's on fire. And then they would leave and then tell somebody, right. As soon as there was one additional person, then the smoke would start coming in and each person would look, instead of, instead of just reacting to the smoke, they would just react to the other person. So they would just look at that person and be like, well, they're still taking their test. Mm-hmm. I assume they see the smoke, but they don't seem alarmed. So, and then they would look down and then the other person would look. So they just kept, they just kept looking at each other, trying to see who would react. And if nobody reacted, then they both assumed that each knew something the other didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it was just like the the line test where if you get three people to evaluate the length of a line and then lie about it, then the fourth person, even though the line is obviously different, the fourth person will just agree with what everybody mm-hmm. else said. Right. So all this comes down to say is, is people's behavior is almost completely dictated by the behavior of the everybody people else. around them. Yeah. Right. So if you just, if you just start violating that real hard mm-hmm. by every time you see a flower bush, just, just getting in there. <laughs> Like squat down in front of it and yell. Well, it's also one thing like the power of a group of people. Because you know, if you've ever gone out, um, gone out to a bar, or even just gone out to like a picnic or anything, depending on the group of people you're with, you'll have a very different time because of whatever the sort of general default behaviors are of all those people. Yes. Because so, some people will be very serious the whole time. Maybe like, if you've been to a professional. I think the difference between a professional event and going and hang out with your buddies, like they're all people. But yeah, the, and weirdly, those buddies. And friends also go to they, professional events mm-hmm. where they're all locked where they up, all have yeah. to pretend like they aren't who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, it's always interesting to see how people morph around. But I think it's it's generally people don't skip enough. That's, that's just what I'll say. People don't skip enough. So maybe take some nailed time it to take a skip this week. Take a don't take a walk. Take a skip. Take a skip. Just flail your arms all over the place like a windmill while skipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's part of skipping, right? <laughs> That's how I did it. You see that Maybe video? That's why I was wrong. <laughs> you ever see that video of the guy doing the really weird walk to the aha take on me thing where he's yes. and he and he accumulates followers mm-hmm. as he traverses mm-hmm. the, the land? Mm-hmm. That's what you gotta do. Yep. All right. Let's get on to some questions. Uh these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. That's still true, right? Yep. Yes. Cool. Keep so if you want to get your question in there, just go over there <laughs> and just do that thing. It's still true, right? <laughs> We've got a lot of web things have changed. Mm-hmm. I assume that will always be true. It'll just look different yes, at some point. That is correct. All right. First question comes from anonymous time to get serious. <clears throat> Do you guys think you'd be making games today? If Sam didn't have to face cancer <clears throat> and crash the lands right into cancer's face. I think it's amazing that something like that brought you guys together to win together, have other hard times such as staffing changes at the studio, April snow, and the classic stomach tied around the throat routine have mm-hmm, been good mm-hmm. for winning together in the same way. I'm interested in what makes a team stronger and what just depletes morale. Mm, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, lot of depth. Well, so I think since, since we were making games before I tried to die, I think we would probably have still been making them. I might not have been. I don't think Adam would have been. No, probably not. I would wager. Because yeah. I know a big part of your wanting to hop on over. Yeah, that was a major impetus. I was like, I should probably go hang out with people, you know, mm-hmm. before yeah. they flee the mortal coil. Yeah, because yeah. they're trying real hard to do it, like snake kind of people of trying to shed their skins. Peoples. Yeah, you know, I yeah. just I try to do everything really hard. Yeah, so. I mean, my original plan was actually I was just like, I'll just do this for a, a year or two, just to like spend some good quality time, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it turned out it was way more awesome than doing science. Mm-hmm. So now here we are. Mm-hmm. We did it. We did it. Yeah, as far as like those team building things, I think anytime where you have opportunity for uh, people to show sort of like the depth of how much they give a fuck. If as long as they show up, then you have a team building situation. If they fail to show up, then you have a team. You have the opposite. <laughs> yep. And it's, it's one of those tricky things where like, and especially everybody just sort of needs to know. It's very obvious with something like cancer. I think it's actually why it tends to be a good rallying point for people is because it's not like, Oh, is that 
this is bad. Like, should I step in? You know, should, should I, I say out? something? Um, I... It's pretty clear that it'd be nice if you did something, right? Um, <laughs> or made a gesture. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of things in life that it's not quite clear what that means. So, you know, Adam got his laser eye surgery last week. Mm-hmm. Seems like he's been doing fine. So I haven't brought him any cookies or anything. I certainly didn't send him a get well soon card. Yeah, I'm fine. You know? Or like an eye drop basket. Right. <laughs> but, that, but maybe that'd be a nice thing to do. You know, that was an opportunity that I could have taken to be like, hey man, I got your back. Yeah. But I was like, no, he knows. <laughs> and he seems like he's doing fine. And really all I needed was to have somebody to have my eyes, which is what the lasers did. So right. His got, back was fine. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know why you always got to be talking about his back. It's just a nice, <laughs> get off. <a> nice back. <laughs> but yeah. So I think it's uh, it's one of those things you get to recognize where those, those, especially in your friend groups or your work groups where there's an opportunity that suddenly opens up for, uh, for you to really show that you, you care. Um, and we had, uh, another person in our, in our community in St. Louis who I think it was after my, yeah, it was after crash lights launched who got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and so I immediately just made some calls and then we had a, a little sort of live event thing to raise some money for her at the, the bar where we do the game dev, uh, drink up here in St. Louis. And, and she, she was like, I think she'd been in the community for like a month or two at that point. She's a streamer. And it was an awesome thing. And her family came out and it was just like a really nice moment, you know? And so I think you just got to keep your ears up for times where even with things that aren't so, you know, horrifying or urgent or something like cancer, where there might be an opportunity for you to, you know, just do a little bit for a person. Mm-hmm. But it also reveals for, for the person who's dealing with something, mm-hmm. uh, it also reveals that first part of our principles, which is the love of the work. Because for some people, no matter how bad things are getting, they're they're gonna do fucking everything to try to contribute and be a, be a core part of the team still, and actually like do the thing that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, where people who don't love the work will be finding even the smallest excuse, you know, to to mm-hmm. not. And certainly, if there's a major reason, um, then they'll basically go flee it. So um, yeah, you'll know if yeah there there are there are people who nothing will stop them from getting their shit done. And then yep. there's people who anything will stop them. From <laughs> yeah, right. So I, I think, I think it really for, does come down to love of the work. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for us, uh, you know, we, we've seen all, we've seen all three of us go through stuff. Sam, Sam had the worst stuff to go through mm-hmm. where it demonstrated the love of the work to the point where that was basically an opportunity for us to be, to have proven to each other that like we're, we're in this, we give a shit and we're going to make, we're going to make this work. Um, and so any kind of a crisis of any sort is basically an opportunity both for you to show compassion to somebody, but also for the person undergoing a crisis to, uh, to demonstrate what they value, what they value. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and so really all of these, anything that happens, you know, to you or to your studio, to whatever, uh, is, is simultaneously something that you got to deal with, but, it, but it's also an opportunity to get a deeper understanding of where everybody stands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so for us, like every, every time we've, you know, Nobody, like everybody just told me when I got my, my GERD surgery, they were just like, yeah, just go do it. Cause presumably if it's bad enough that you feel like you need to, then it must be bad. Cause we know you want to be here. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, You're not just getting your stomach tied around your throat. Just, just for fun. Just to, get, just to escape. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and it's exactly that sort of thing, which is once, once you know that you can trust people, then all of a sudden just everything gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I would say that all these things have actually helped us as a, as a yeah. team. I think the team depletion stuff usually just comes from. Actually, the kind of the love of the work thing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're stuck in a place where you're, you feel like you're not doing the right stuff or you're not on the right project, or whatever else, I think uh, that can just erode sort of general team quality a ton. Uh, like really feeling like you can contribute to a project and feeling like you're in the right spot is is a huge thing. So that's not even an event driven thing. That's sort of just like a general project driven. Thing. Yeah, but also if your but if your teammates don't love the work, then it's really hard for you. It's to a do bummer. It yeah, it's a huge bummer. It's hard to come into work and be like, "I'm excited," it's being exuberant about flowers. Exactly. Like, you yeah. look back at someone's just looking at you. You come into work eyes. and you're yeah, and you're pumped, and everybody else is just shaking their head. They're like, "Don't, don't." Mm-hmm. They're like, "Cause it's a challenge, actually." And I think this is one of those interesting things where, uh, for any of our listeners who have done, I know some people have implemented big changes in their lives over the course of sometimes listening to podcasts, or whatever else, and and you'll find people sometimes who get upset at you. Yeah, they get in your way. They get in your way. Um, and I think Seth had a tool tip that he wrote the other day, which has become a little mini catchphrase <laughs> in the studio uh, for one of the power-ups in Levelhead, which is, get out of my way. I got things to be. That's right. And that's sort of, uh, <laughs> it just, it sort of encapsulates nicely, I think, uh, a good response to some of those, those people in some of those times, which is, you know, it's it's really upsetting when you get really into a thing and then you want to go back, say, to the same group of friends or whatever else, and they kind of get 
get mean to you about it or they're just not interested in, in supporting you in any way. So those are the worst. I like, cause especially as a person who, for me, like building off of other people's ideas of what I'm doing is kind of an important thing for me, get, like happily moving into a new project or whatever else, like thinking that other people are going to be like, Oh, this is cool. It's kind of a nice boost for me. And so if people start undercutting it, then I have a harder time. I have a much harder time doing that. Yeah. Thing. And that, that does, that does kind of depend on your, if your friend, if your friend group is a group of people who you tended to commiserate with, mm-hmm. meaning share your misery. Yeah. You should get out of that. Commiserate. Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. as soon as you start doing stuff to sort of, stop being so fucking miserable. Don't nope. <laughs> yeah, bring it uh, down. Then yeah. they're not going to be pumped about it because, you know, it's like being the one person at the party who's not drinking. You know, yeah. you're, you're sort of violating the custom, mm-hmm. right? So you just got to make sure that you're around the right people. Yeah. But I think there's, there's a lot of things there and it's, uh, it's just about seeing those opportunities or seeing problems as opportunities for this sort of thing. So, you know, whenever we've had a big crisis internally in the studio, usually once it's resolved and we'll take the crew out to, like, let's just go eat food somewhere together and stare off into space. It's like the Avengers situation. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a shawarma scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do a shawarma scene. Get everybody back together after things pass and just sit there. You don't Inside. even need to say just anything. Eat your sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> You've been through it all. Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> oh. yeah that that scene was resonated so hard yep. with me more than anything else in the fucking movie because there have been mm-hmm. so many of these times in life where where just after going through something just incredibly grueling and you get together with the folks who you sort of shared that experience with and you sit down and like, you don't have, nobody has to say a nope. fucking thing. <laughs> you just like, you just, you're just eating and you're just like all. And every, every so often someone's like, oh, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was a lot of aliens. Mm-hmm. That was you a know. shitload mm-hmm. of aliens. But everybody knows that, so it doesn't even need to be said, yeah. you know? It's just an <laughs> occasional grunt. All right, next question comes from Woland77. What would you do? I'm reading this sort of using the <laughs> inflection uh-huh. of the question. What would you do for a chocolate-coated brick of vanilla ice cream? <laughs> Can we say Klondike bar in here? <laughs> there might be a trademark problem. I don't know. It's just like a, it's just like a uh, the big game situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. What would you do for an ice cream bar? I wouldn't do. I would, well, I'd, I'd trade it for maybe a lactate bottle. Wait, mm. trade for it? But then there's, you don't even need the lactate anymore. That's good. I don't like ice cream. Then I can use the lactate in something I do that want. Makes sense. Mm. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I still, said it. I said it. <laughs> I'm not into ice cream. So you're going to do about it. I'm fine. <laughs> Everybody can be whatever they're into. It's fine. That's right. Just yeah. don't hit on me for liking ice cream. Yeah, man. I don't. Good. Perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I love ice cream, but I always feel like shit after I eat it. So, uh, so it kind of depends on it's what. Probably pretty common. Yeah, I yeah. think it depends on what my situation is when you come to me with this with this brick of ice cream. Mm. Because if if no, it's if true. I'm it's in very one, context, of, yeah, if, context if I'm in a mood where just ice cream sounds really good right now, I will sacrifice every bodily system I if have. If you're in the mm. desert, yeah, and you come across a mini fridge with a solar panel on top of it, we don't need to go that far. And there's one like, thing in it. <laughs> Which is a Klondike bar. Uh-huh. Sure, yeah. What would you do to get it? Well, I would I would be in physical pain because that's what would happen after I ate it. Yeah. But that would be like, it doesn't even but require that much. Too. Also beforehand, too. Also beforehand. It doesn't require that much setup because if I just hadn't had anything sweet for a few hours, then <laughs> that's that would also the same be as being stuck in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I will do for ice cream is be in physical pain Straight after I ate it. Straight up murder. What I what I have done, yeah, I killed, I killed a man. No, uh, I mean if if you stand in line for like ten or fifteen minutes to get an ice cream bar, I mean think about it because like you're just swapping you're swapping like twenty minutes of your literal existence. You're dying. You're dying. You're literally dying, you're dying for that, that piece line. that ice cream. You're, yeah. you're dying fifteen minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what you're trading every time. So if I could get them shipped to my house, and then you're gonna die faster because you ate some ice cream. <laughs> Also true, and also I think generally dying. You have to recognize that the opportunity cost of consuming a chocolate bar is infinite, mm-hmm. because you could have done you could have done else. anything else with that time, and you could have eaten anything else specifically, mm-hmm. you know. And so the the possible things that you had to give up to eat that it's just astronomical. It's, it's incomprehensible. Infinite. I think that's true for then. Opportunity anything. cost for anything, right? Yeah. Opportunity cost is always infinite. Now, technically, the, I'm pretty sure the opportunity cost is generally measured by the next best thing, but mm-hmm. not in this case, just, just well, for the sake of the question. This is where the benefit of living more in the present moment comes from, right? 
Because, you know, if you eat your ice cream, you don't have to worry about the fact that you could have eaten literally everything You've else. got it now. Time you to move on with your life. Just enjoy that ice cream. Mm -hmm. Have a good time. Just own it. Watch those minutes of your life drift by. You know, maybe do some squats and some <laughs> some windmill arms. Consider death. You know, yeah. Just chew chew your ice cream, gaze out, <laughs> gaze out upon the desert, and just think, mm -hmm. I'm so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and then the people around I'm gonna you die one day. Mm -hmm. The people around you also eating ice cream. Your friends. You can weep, and you can use the chocolatey vanilla mm -hmm. uh, covered wrapper to wipe your tears. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's then, how I eat my. <laughs> Everybody around you who's in the same boat, they won't even say anything. They'll just go, mm, man, yeah. that's crazy. Everybody who's in the same boat, because you're in a boat in the desert, which <laughs> this is a terrible situation for mm -hmm. everybody. Yeah. There's just one Klondike bar. There's left. one Klondike <laughs> bar, you're in a boat in the desert. And you've we all committed know all of your friends to death because you just got all that calorie-dense food just in you. Because you somehow detoured your boat into the desert mm -hmm. yeah. to get it's that one of those sand boats. boats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question comes from I am Cade. Hello, everyone. First off, I love you. Mm, wow. That's, Thanks. Great. That's nice. Do any of you feel debilitated when there's too much choices <laughs> in games? Sometimes I start the game over like three times because I want to try different classes and different choices to get the best uh. reward. Loot, bonus, XP, etc. I think I have this from Final Fantasy games and missing amazing items early in the game and not being able to get them later and being so mad I didn't get the best thing. Best regards, I am Cade. I definitely have had this problem. We've talked about my alt fever. Alt fever. Alt fever is called before. Mm -hmm. um, alt is short for alternate character. Yep. It's a classic used term in MMOs mm -hmm. where you typically choose a something main. you choose something to be. Mm -hmm. And that's who you are now. Yep. And there are things that you can do, but there's also things there's you more can't things do. that you can't do. There's always more things that you can't do. So yes. just like real life. As, yeah. as far as this whole just so this is an interesting question because most of the questions nowadays are about like there's a billion games. How do I pick which one? How do I not get overwhelmed? What if you do pick one, but now you're still overwhelmed? Now you're still overwhelmed <laughs> because you're a fucking person, and this is the problem. So, um, I how used do you to, just get regular whelmed? Yeah, how do you just go? How do you just go have a good time? Yeah. Actually, because um, I used to do this a lot too, where I would I would worry about optimizing. Essentially, like at any point, I would do the same thing where you save and then be like, well, actually, let me. <laughs> We back this up. I spent four hours in here, but I'm going to go undo this real quick because I just saw this new class that does this other thing, and maybe it'll be better if I go in that tree, whatever else. Right. Um, I think it's a it's a tricky thing. I don't know if it's as I've gotten older and sort of my time has become more and more scarce, where I've been like, I guess this is just my path now, or if I've actually gotten more more uh, how to say content with my sort of moment to moment gameplay. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, I like to think it's the latter. But it might yeah, be. I mean, because we talked about this in the past with, because I don't look for the best time or the best thing. Mm -hmm. I just look for a good time, mm -hmm. you know? So I just it's choose whatever. Satisfying versus satisfying. maximizing. So I just choose whatever seems to be fun, given my limited knowledge because I haven't played the game yet. And I also know that I'm almost guaranteed to play any game one time in terms of like through the game, mm -hmm. right? And most games, I'm not going to play all the way through. I'm going to play some hours of like up to maybe up to maybe a dozen, but usually not even that many. So the cost for me to spend all my time making decisions, trying to figure out what the maximum too high, a maximum efficiency or the mm -hmm. coolest things or whatever, is just really, really high. And, uh, and so I just, I just don't, I just mm -hmm. hop in, start playing and then just have a good time. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? I yeah. It's just, it's it's just, just a like question life. Of, why are you even playing the game? Yeah. Yeah. Are you there to just like, are you playing it to get or? the coolest stuff or just to have a good time? Mm -hmm. Maybe just relax. Because if you always want to get the coolest stuff, you can never have a mm -hmm. good time. You can't. It's true. Whoa. That's like yeah. A, it's like a dark <laughs> metaphor for just capitalism. Man. Yeah. It's a very it's a sense <laughs> of social commentary. Man. No, I mean, this is this is the same kind of thing when... Okay. First, mm. I, I, all right. This is, I'm, I'm like one-eighth formed on this idea. Go. So I'm going to need you guys to just carry me through it. Got right? it. So... <laughs> I'm ready. So at a company... When the boss says, like, all right, everybody, here's the deal. I need everybody to be real excited because we have a new revenue target. Mm -hmm. We're going to make $60 million as a company, mm -hmm. right? And nobody's really excited about that. Right. Because who gives a shit, right? And the boss is fixated on this because that's what they want. But everybody else needs, like, a reason to be there. Because mm -hmm. uh, they're not getting the $60 million. They're not, they're not I mean, getting the $60 million. Neither is the boss. Neither is, they're, just getting, they're just getting their salary. But most importantly, the revenue is a side effect. It's a, it's a side effect of what the business does. It's not the thing that the, the business doesn't just go 
than just have revenue. Like mm-hmm. there's an intermediate step, which is the whole reason that the business exists, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's the idea of getting fixated on this weird end goal that even having it isn't satisfying because the acquisition of it is also like part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if your goal is to have the best things, like to have the the best items in the game or whatever, uh, that's just, that's not the point. Mm, right. Be, you mean the, it should be the getting of the thing. Right. It's, it's just, just, it's, just, it's, just it's just playing mm-hmm. the game and having something cool to work toward. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're always perpetually dissatisfied because you haven't gotten the best things or because you've excluded yourself from getting the best things, um, then you will just be kind of perpetually bummed out about mm. what you don't have because you can't have everything. And that's not really the point at the end. Yeah, of the there's point. also nothing more disappointing than actually getting the best thing. It usually is just know? not good. It's fun for a very short period of time. Of Even we've talked about in the past, the Terraria UFO with Super infinite cool. mining lasers. Fucking spectacular. It is a great 15 minutes of, <laughs> of experience. And after that, you're just like, well, this- Well, now I this, have way too removed, many. Yeah, I've removed all of the game. Now play. the game is not a game. Well, this, yeah. this is a problem I have because I when I play Terraria, I usually play with you guys, but then I jump in and then one of you guys is like, here, and then you just like hand me some kind of- Take fucking, this UFO. Take this <laughs> mega drill that just insta-blasts 400 blocks at once. And then I just am like mowing down entire mm-hmm. ecosystems- Without breaking a sweat, which would like, have yeah, been fun if you had to work for it. Yeah. Well, no, it wouldn't well, no. have been fun. It Just wouldn't have been. The working for it yeah, would have been right. the fun part, yeah. right? Yeah. And then the next goal, but now you don't have the context to form a nice future goal, you know? So Yeah. So actually, it's it's having things is no fun at all. Getting things is fun. Super fun. Right? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> so the trick is to never actually get the thing. Like, this is also great for life, right. right? Or if you get something, make sure that the thing that you get is not the final thing. It's just an intermediate yeah. thing on the way to the next thing. Yep. You know, because humans, we just need, we need progression. We right. need yeah. things to keep moving. But this also helps you not why. buy as many things just in normal life too, you know, because, because if you just realize that you're just not going to be very pumped Those things it. don't matter. So what they is that? Matter. What is the word that means the, the horror of finally I've, acquiring the thing that you've always wanted? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the actual, some German word some guy made up, which is hilarious. It's the, it's the dictionary of, uh, uh, I can't remember what it was. Dictionary of like obtuse words or some weird thing. Yeah. But yeah some thing. The guy made a word for the emotion of finally getting, the horror of finally getting what you wanted, which I feel like is perfect for video games. Right. Like, <laughs> you work really hard to get this UFO that shoots lasers, and then within 15 minutes you realize that now like, the game, game is sucks now. destroyed. And you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I, but I, I did this. But because of your own innate human psychology, you can't just get rid of that UFO. I mean, no, it's, you gotta keep it mm-hmm. in case you want it. It's so useful, yeah. you know, in case you want to mow down an entire mountain in seconds, mm-hmm. you got to keep it. But you I don't think, want it because it makes everything shit. Well, I think an interesting thing here is like if if what you like about games is sort of doing the maximizing thing, then it probably suggests a better route to playing them, which is instead of just playing it and then realizing halfway through that you made all the wrong decisions, enter a research phase before you play it. But then here's Not the even thing. Kidding. Now all of a sudden you don't have free will anymore. No, you don't. But because that now your you're point. just playing out a script that you just researched. But who cares? That wasn't your point But anyway. nobody has yeah. free will, so. That's a fair point. <laughs> but, but we get to pretend, though, you know? Because if you just go play a game, you don't know what's going to happen, you're making decisions on the fly. Because free will is all about but here's what I'm saying. believing you're making decisions on the fly. As soon as you just lay out a script for yourself, and then you mm-hmm. go play through the script. You know, I, I think, think so. I think it's super fun. Because that's like people... People saying, you know, oh, you need to go beat these 12 different levels to kill Bowser at the end of this whole thing. I mean, you got no free will. You're running right for this whole video game. You could go yeah, left. Yeah. But but I'm like, so I'm not going to watch. just die, though, mm-hmm. every time. But that's different than, like, than going and watching a YouTube video of the fastest way to beat each level. And then watching each one a hundred times so that you memorize exactly what's going to happen. Unless that's what you're into. then finally playing it. This is what I'm saying. Because if, if the value <laughs> if the value you're trying to derive from playing the game is just like the the conquering of the game, 100%, then don't just play it. Don't play it. Go research it first, take notes and shit, and then go do it. Because that's where you're getting into your hang-up, right? That's mm-hmm. fair. Then you always have the best thing, and then yeah. you just one-shot everything, and you're like, well, that was boring. Yeah, and then when you, <laughs> yeah, when, when you realize that it's super boring, then just, you know, go back That's to when you just go reevaluate your sort of whole Your value. Life. How you're, per, yeah, your how core you're participating, yeah. and then you just say, okay, I'm just going to go play this and not worry no, about it. No, I mean, this is it's always a huge challenge, though, as, as a designer, which, I mean, here's the thing. We, we I would never... I would never tell somebody, hey, you're playing games wrong. No. 
No. But one thing I do know as a game designer is that it's just universally less satisfying to always win with no challenge. Yeah. We've talked about right. this before, I mean, but that's just yep. true. One of the things we have to watch out for is when you put something in a game, it's supposed to be a fun tool. And then people end up only using that thing because of some weird benefit it has. And a good example of this was, uh, there's a game called dead cells, which is, uh, like a really, really tough as nails, uh, I guess it's side scrolling, technically platformer thing. And it's got combat. In. Like a pile of nails or a bed of nails? A bed of nails sort of situation. But that's, all right. Yes, carry it's on. linear. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so you have a lot of, there's a lot of fighting in the game and uh, you can pick up, you get random drops of weapons and you can pick up shields and swords and stuff. But one of the weapons is a bow. Mm-hmm. Now we got a problem because range is always better. It's just yeah. always better. Because you're over here. Because you're over here. Over there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which better. <laughs> for most, most enemies are only going to have one attack mode, which is either their melee or their ranged. And either if they're ranged or melee, it's just going to be easier to hit them if yeah. you're also ranged. And so right. uh, the designer put this in and then apparently was very aggravated. The game did very well, but was very aggravated because he watched these YouTube videos. And as soon as people got the bow, what they did with it was they would just sort of stand back and just, and just lob shots. And just slowly kill everything. And that is not that is not how... He was trying to get it to go. We have the problem with crash lands with, with pets. pets. Yeah, yeah, people do it. People like, get a pet and they're like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take three hours to kill everything." Mm-hmm. But as long as I'm guaranteed to never get damaged. Yes, or in Quadrupus Rampage with us too, because you could dodge. Yeah. So people sometimes with their pets leave their pets there and then just swim around the boss fight for like mm-hmm. fifteen. Right. Minutes. Because even though that's way less fun, it's also how you guarantee it's a maximizer, win, yeah. right? And so it's just like your UFO, where you could you could choose not to do it, but that also means you expose yourself to the risk of failure. Mm-hmm which people generally try to avoid. So sometimes as a designer, you can make a thing and then realize you set up this kind of perverse incentive structure where the maximizing behavior for the player is also the one that is the least fun. And then you have to answer the question, how? I think importantly, the maximizing behavior is almost always the least fun. It usually is. Like if if there's such a clear, obvious way to play that's so much better than the others, then it's generally sort of a, not necessarily game breaking, but it just skews the table so heavily in your favor and it since you'd be crazy not to do it, exactly. you know, then it's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's a problem. Hopefully yeah. we don't fuck that up with level head, but we, we'll we will probably. All right. <laughs> uh, one final question comes from retro banana man and L. How did you get in contact with fat bard for your music? Just a lucky shot or a thoughtful decision? Lucky shot. Probably. No, we're not a lot of early thoughtful decisions though. You know what I mean? What was it? Was at, the it beginning, at the beginning, we were just kind of doing everything by the seat of our pants. It yeah. was luck, but luck it's but. the it's this is the flip side of you just got to get in there, which is you just got to get out there. Mm. Okay, so so but you like you you got to get so out the one place you shouldn't be is where you are. Is what you got to yeah, yeah definitely just don't get be there. Get somewhere else. <laughs> right. So well, no, you got to get in there, but also out there, depending on the sort of sometimes, time of day. Sometimes out there is in there. Yeah, also, so it's some sort of like a what, like a, a, it's, cl- a, it's a Klein bottle sort of situation. It's a Klein bottle. Yeah, what's a Klein bottle? It's a three D Mobius strip, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a it's a real shape where the it's, outside and the inside are the same. It's how do like, you both know what a Klein bottle is? <laughs> how do you and not know what a Klein bottle? is? <laughs> oh, now I'm wondering that too. <laughs> Just Google it. But it's kind of like a person. How right? do you even spell that? Like Calvin Klein? K L E I Calvin Klein's bottle. It's no, like it's a some box situation or something. The weird thing about a Klein bottle is it's a bottle. But it has no inside. Is it a bottle then? Yes. Does it seem- <laughs> it, it's kind of it, like, it's like, it's like, it's inside like a person. is its outside. Yeah, it's like a, how a person's insides are also your outsides topologically, you know? Kind of. <laughs> That's real gross. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, from a functional standpoint, they're not. Your insides are definitely your insides. I understand that they're also your outsides. Yeah, they're both. That's, that's, that's the whole. That's the whole thing. <laughs> in a sort of inverted tube context. Humans are just they're tubes just with legs. But anyway, question. I remember that. It's about how it's about how we met Fabar, right? Oh, okay. so, so it comes down to this. Yeah. Once you start getting in there, mm-hmm. you're going to be doing things. You're going to be doing all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You're going to be doing things that if other people saw them, they might be like, "Hey, I'd like to get in there," mm-hmm. right? But other people will never see those things unless sometimes. You get out there, mm-hmm. right? Where those people are. Mm-hmm. Where is there? I have, I have no fucking depends idea. Depends where you're at yeah. right now. Yeah, depends where you're at. Depends where you're literally physically at, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, geographically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, it was, we were heavily involved in the St. Louis game dev community. So we'd go to all kinds of events. We would give talks. We went to these things called drink ups, mm-hmm. where you just go and drink 
up up with other mm-hmm. other folks, other game developers. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and we also did a lot of game jams. And so uh, so Fat Bard decided, hey, we're going to make music for video games. So he just got in there, mm-hmm. started making music for video games. But then he was like, I can't make music for video games unless I also get out there where the game developers are mm-hmm. to make those connections, right? So he got out there. We got out there. We were both out there. Mm-hmm. And then we saw each other and we kind of made eye contact. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. We we, uh, we linked souls. We merged souls. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not sure what the repercussions <laughs> of that are, but <laughs> we'll find out. That's just where we landed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so really sort of in short, it's about networking. Yes. It's, the, it's the business term for it. <laughs> for it's getting out there. Networking is making friends. Yes. But then put into a business slant because we got to make sure we keep things formal, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this, our 150th episode. What is that in like the fancy words? I know bicentennial is two. I'm trying to remember what word. Or is it half? I believe it's a sesquicentennial. <laughs> Hold on, let, me, let me look it up. Also, also that's why I Did, couldn't remember it because I'm no outraged because at some yes, point I wanted it is to sesquicentennial. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Recently, I wanted to write a thing, right? Like a thing that's going to happen every other week, right? And so mm. I wanted, to, I wanted the word for that. I wanted to say bi-weekly, right? But yep. I was thinking about that and I was like, wait, is that twice weekly or every two weeks? It so means I, both. Yeah, I fucking Googled it and I looked at the definition. So, so by either by monthly, by weekly, by yearly, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of them simultaneously mean half, twice during that right. period or once every two. So of it means period. half or two. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is that how we do things? So here's here's my proposal because mm-hmm. fortnightly is already a thing. Fortnite's also a game. It's pretty good. What does fortnightly mean? Every two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. It's it's one of the meanings of biweekly. A fortnight is two weeks. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah. four score is two decades. E- Yes. Right? That no, score shit. is no, twenty. Four, four, yeah. yeah, four score. That's four right. Score. It's not a four score. Correct. Four Correct. scores. Yes. Four score is eighty. That's yeah. right. It's, yeah. not, it's, <laughs> not a, it's not a fortnight situation. Yeah, yeah. It's fortnight. So fortnight. what I'm saying is suggesting is we just put fort in front of everything else. Fort monthly. To get described once mm-hmm. every okay. two. Fort yearly. Mm-hmm. Fort yearly would do this thing. Well, that would be fort quarterly. Fort, <laughs> but a fortnight is actually fourteen <laughs> nights. Oh, okay. So now we're gonna now have 14 years if we use Fort Not enough, but you just Fort it's yearly. just like bye. You just make it up. You just make it up. Make I it up. like Fort Quarterly. That Fort sounds Quarterly nice. sounds great. Twice so a quarter. That's every that's... 14 quarters or 14 times a quarter. <laughs> and if you're getting right, hung up right, on this 14 right. because fortnightly uh-huh. is 14 nights. So Fort Blair is 14 yeah. of that thing. So Fort monthly is every 14 months. Yeah, but a month Fort quarterly even... is every <laughs> is every uh that was every three and a half years. <laughs> but if it's every, if it's every, if it's, but if it's 14 times a year, uh-huh. then that's like a little over once every month, which is kind of like every three weeks. Now, now we've got a word for every three weeks. Fort, Wait. Fort monthly. No, because that's every 14 months. Oh, so no, that was every 14 months. <laughs> Fort, yeah. Fort, I don't know. I like the original approach, which is just call it two. <laughs> Quit using 14. So you mean saying every two months or? Fort, fort monthly is every two months. Mm-hmm. Got every- I know it's 14, <laughs> but we don't have to give a shit. Because clearly whoever made this Because apparently words just don't fucking mean yeah, you just got you just agree on what it means and you don't worry about it. Or do you agree that it means two completely different incompatible and things. then everyone's like i don't know no one has control over this it's language this is just like the steep learning curve versus shallow learning curve problem mm-hmm. a steep learning curve technically is something that's very easy to learn because a learning curve is an actual sort of like graph mm-hmm. that shows how Knowledge much you time. how much you can learn on the horizontal and how long it takes mm-hmm. unless you just decide to use how little you could learn over how long it takes Right. Still a learning curve. It's a little. But now, but now it's going to go the other direction. So maybe the people who how little you can learn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just taking the inverse of it. Wait. I assume. But you're keeping the time axis. So now it's a descending curve. Yeah. I guess I don't it's know how because shallow. you can like how much is left. It gets how much is left to learn because over time. you can wait. How little there is that you can learn. Uh huh. Which, in other words, is, is this a tangent stone situation. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Mm. Yep. Okay. All right, wrap us up. All right, let's wrap it up, folks. We'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who de- keep our Discord and forums running. I'm pretty sure we have forums still. 
I've I've heard of them. I don't go in there. Go to the Discord. Stuff. Just go to the Just Discord. Scratch that from the record. All right. Uh, we can go ahead and edit that out, mm-hmm. so that's gone now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can come into the Discord server, which is at discord.gg bscotch. Come say hello. Definitely don't go to the forums because they don't exist. If you'd like to adorn <laughs> your body with Butterscotch merch, check out our shop, which is over at shop.bscotch.net. Do we have a promo? We do! <laughs> <laughs> or will. And we will. It's uh, if you enter comeover. Comeover. At your checkout, you'll probably get a 20% discount, I think. <laughs> you'll probably get it. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. It's just, coming out in an email later this week. Here's just the thing. Wait. Just put everything in the cart. <laughs> just get ready. Uh, when you go to put the promo code in, put comb over in. May, it may work. It may not. Did we agree at 20%? Go ahead and buy it in. <laughs> it's fine. I just couldn't remember the exact Yeah, spend. it may or may not be 20%. May or may not be is. comb over as the as we're going. Yeah, it's going to be anywhere from a negative 20 to 20% discount. Just for do your the, best. Yeah. We'll do our best. Uh, we'll be fine. Everybody's just doing their best. Just leave us alone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, if you'd like to send us whatever, we have a mailbox, which you can find the address for over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.